Pace Life Podcast, episode 28. Uh, this podcast was definitely brought to you by Valley Base Beer. Um, we happened to have a scheduling conflict and ended up recording a little later than usual. And so things got a little loose, but it was a fun one. In this episode, uh, we basically drunk dial Dr. Charlie and talk about dealing with the cold. Uh, Charlie Kralinkis was one of the Baffin Island uh, adventure participants, and uh, it was really great catching up with them. And uh, big thanks to Aaron and Lisa and Ben for helping me and Brian out with this one. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Three, two, one, see ya. You're listening to Peace Life Podcast with your hosts, Randy and Brian. No idea. All right, let's call Charlie. Let's get this. Uh, so why don't we kick it off with a welcome to another little base life podcast? <laughs> um, here in the room we have Aaron Shoots, Brian, Yo, Lisa, Hello, Hutchins, <laughs> and Big Ben, co-host, co-host, co-host. We are doing um, we're doing another Baffin episode. And we're going to give uh, Dr. Charlie a call, finally, who's uh, Dr. Charlie, who is a uh, regular topic of conversation on the podcast. And mm-hmm. we're finally going to get the man on the mic and talk about Baffin Camp. How's that sound to you, Brian? Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know how Charlie actually got invited on the trip? I do, but please, Aaron, tell <laughs> tell us, uh, <laughs> tell, give, give us the background. <laughs> so, so way way early, I asked Bam, who you know is a medic, help me put together a, a good first aid kit to take to Baffin, and he said, "It's a really good question." Said, "So, is there anybody on the trip who has any medical experience?" And that's a really good question. So I put it on the Facebook page. And we got lots of responses. A lot of people had, you know, kind of first aid training, but no kind of, you know, medics or doctors or anything. And and so the organizer kind of took that on board and without kind of saying anything to any of us, reached out to people that he knew. Um, he knew a, a nurse who was a base jumper, Chad, somebody who had been on a trip previously with him in Baffin, and Chad was not able to come, and he recommended Charlie, and then he put up in the um, Facebook page, hey, what do you think about Charlie Kralinkis coming? And we were all like, uh, done. Uh, uh, what do we think about an emergency room doctor coming on this trip with us? Yeah, that would be fucking awesome. So, yeah. So, Charlie got invited. Yay! Super happy to have Charlie on board. Right, all that, all that training and stuff paying off. Well, I mean, we Getting didn't end up the needing Arctic it. Arctic Circle. We didn't end up needing it, but insurance is the best policy, right? Have it, don't need it. Exactly. I thought honesty was the best policy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of best policies, Ben. So yeah, you know, te- the, the Teddy only- Roosevelt would agree with you, but he also wouldn't know what a podcast is. But. <laughs> 
So the only the only thing that we had to call Charlie for was actually on the flight out from Clyde River. I was sitting next to an Inuit, and he had an epileptic fit on the plane ride out, and I didn't know what was going on. And was like, help! (laughs) Yeah, there wasn't really much he could do, but that was the only medical event that Charlie actually had to. Doctor Charlie was there. Yeah, Charlie ran over. I was happy to get out of that seat and hand it over to medical professional. And, and, and what did uh, Charlie ran over and like quickly robbed the guy while he was unconscious and then <laughs> ran back to his seat? No, he checked him for a priapism. He's <laughs> like, nah, he's good. I got to get my digs in while Charlie's not on here. I don't think that's really fair. We haven't even called Charlie yet. I know yet, he will listen to this episode. <laughs> I know he will. It's a trap. <laughs> so today we're talking about uh, camp life. You know, the aspects of camp that that go into being in Baffin and and living in an arctic area with a bunch of people in the cold yeah and how to do that well what to do yeah. when you're not jumping yeah and there was a lot of time when you guys weren't jumping yeah we got some lessons so this podcast is brought to you by Valley Base Beer Valley Base Beer he's awake dear god I got this. <laughs> At the end of the night, when you've been drinking, and you're not sure if you want one more beer or not. Yeah, you do. Have sex with that girl. Just think about <laughs> Valley Base Beer. because we'll drink that um, one more beer. Because Gosh, proceeds go to the... Uh, proceeds go to the... The rescue crews. Yes. The rescue crews. Every time you buy a beer, you are saying thank you to the rescue crews. And so not only are you a little Put more awesome by having that last beer, but you're giving back. So when you're to not sure, community. just do it. Just Every down. time you drink a beer, the rescue crews have to match the beer you drank with a beer that they drink before they come and rescue you. <laughs> That's another way to put it. Well, I mean, fingers crossed not, but thanks, Ben. Dr. Charlie. Dr. Charlie. Gypsy looked at me like I was a complete traitor when I left her in the van. Dr. Charlie, can you hear us? What's up, buddy? Hey, this is uh, Randy. You are on the mic with uh, Aaron Schutz, Brian, Lisa, and Ben. Ben. (laughs) Ben, Ben. (laughs) We're we're just jumping right into this thing. Oh, Ben. Yeah, sorry. sorry. We're right there. I hope you you limbered up. (laughs) How how are you doing, brother? Good good morning where you are, relative. Uh, That's what. That's like three in the afternoon. Ah, It's morning for me. Sorry. Yeah, with with your your shift and whatnot. How are you doing? (laughs) 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 Awkward silence. How how drunk are you guys? Fairly Ah. drunk. I won't lie, Charlie. I've been more sober. (laughs) Hi, Lisa. Hello, darling. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm well, as you quite rightly pointed out, I'm fairly drunk. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm Charlie, sorry. we miss you. When are you coming to Europe? Um, August. He just Woo-hoo! he just came to London or uh, Blackpool. Yeah, I, I know, just, but I was he just didn't Europe, come like, here. Yeah. Not our Europe. Not real Europe, though. That's Brexit. Europe. Like, Brexit British, Europe. British They're out. Europe. Hey, how was Blackpool this year? It was cool. Sounded Have you awesome. Before? Yeah, yeah. I was there the last two years, but I uh, nice. couldn't come this year due to other obligations. Yeah, that was cool. I'd never been before, so yeah, I got my UK base done, did a bunch of buildings and stuff. So did yeah, you go cool. down to uh, the south side and hit uh, Beachy? Uh, no, I didn't make it that that far. But we uh, we did what four buildings in Manchester, and then a little overpass bridge and cliff out 
kind of in the middle of the countryside and then a shit ton of jumps off that crane so yeah it was very cool. nice oh that's nice. awesome that's my end of the country Manchester. did you make did you make ravens craig yeah that's what we jumped jump for the cliff that was pretty cool Ugh. <laughs> never, never could get up early enough to do that one when I, when I was at blackpool they were like i'd wake up after you know a good night of you know hanging out with the brits all night doing what they like to do and uh, I'd wake up at like four and I'd look at my gear and I'd look at my bed. It's like, ah. yeah, I, I bitched out every time. Yeah, never did it. No, it I, I'll uh, get it eventually. Angus, Angus was there. Angus was there. And, nice. Uh, uh, Justin, British nice. Justin was there too. And we, we swapped photos, right? Because it was you and Angus and Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we were jumping in Eschback, so it was Brian, me, and Simon. So, yeah, we nice. swapped photos. Baffin, nice. Baffin buddies. You swapped photos right. with Ben, too, if I'm not mistaken. Ben wasn't in Baffin. No, but, but you guys took photos recently in vans I've, and things. Photos of Ben's naked ass on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> and then Aaron was oh, with cool. Ben yeah, as we well. Did. Yeah. yeah. I can well, start charging for well, this shit. Well, because, you know, Charlie sent me this really nice picture of him and, and Ben, like, cuddling in his van. And so then when, when I had a chance to cuddle with Ben in my van, we, you know, had to send Charlie a photo. And then Ben felt like he needed to show Charlie his ass. But that was all Ben, not me. I think it was his asshole. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, listen, I, don't, Charlie, I don't think that listen, made that Charlie, into Charlie photo, and I are friends. So. And I, if he wants to have something good for his spank bank, then I want him to have something good for his spank bank. <laughs> That's caring of you. It's it's always giving, you know? It's nice. What What is a spank bank for the listeners that maybe are not <laughs> as familiar with such well, a thing? Normally, it's just known as the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but say you're, you know, camping out by the bridge in, in California where there's no internet. Then you should see your friends your when phone. they're having a really good time in Wallenstadt <laughs> and you're not there. He just puts his hand over my face and imagines it's a girl. I think that's how it works. <laughs> Charlie, so, can you so confirm? Is this, is this is this is this podcast just you guys getting drunk and talking about base jumping, or we're just getting drunk and talking and then well, sometimes about base jumping? We'll get there, yes. Doctor Charlie. We'll get there. Like, <laughs> have you not listened to a podcast before, Charlie? Uh, have, have you listened I, I, to I, any I, of I, ours? I already have not not had the opportunity to, to listen to a podcast. We we might be redoing this one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we call this the intro. That's already. We can we can start over at any second, right? You can just right. Kind of Ready, go. Uh, Randy can edit. Whatever. Welcome to the Base Life Podcast. This is. <laughs> oh shit! Randy doesn't have his like notebook out. Charlie, why don't you yeah. give us a uh, personal background on yourself, real quick? Yeah, for please. The listeners who don't know you. What would you like to know? Everything. Uh, years in the sport. All all the things that people need to order a wingsuit off of a wingsuit website. And then yes. all of the things you would I put on a Tinder profile. Start it. Start at your white coat friends. ceremony, and then take us through base jumping. And then everything just, about shaft, med school. Shaft to balls ratio. I just want to know you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very medical perspective. Lead, lead off with the shaft to balls ratio, please. <laughs> um, so what about? Okay, my name's Charlie Kulinkis. Woohoo! I've been base jumping for about twelve years. I've got about. 2,400-ish base jumps, just more than 2,400 jumps now. Um, I like to do everything in base jumping. I like to jump a whole lot, um, like low stuff and wingsuiting and all that. Well, no more wingsuiting, but I used to like wingsuiting a lot, and I got kind of known for that, I guess, but I actually do way more low stuff than do wingsuiting, which is kind of fun. Um, what else? That's about it. Oh, I'm a doctor. 
<laughs> what kind of doctoring do you do, Charlie? I, I, do, I do emergency medicine. I actually did uh, started base jumping in medical school. So my first like seven years in the sport while doing medical school and residency. And I did like about 1,500 jumps in med school and residency. Why didn't you specialize? That is a specialty. So, so this day and age, uh, the emergency medicine is kind of like its own little specialty because there's so many ERs and so many people in, in need of ERs. So, yeah, I know, but why didn't you do like some kind of specific thing? You, you have know, like, you have a reason. Like because Taren, I've heard it. not everyone do can it. be like, a badass, and Charlie realized that people needed him to do that. No, nah, it's it's you know I, I I the thing I like most about my job is that I don't know what I'm going to do when I go into work every day. Like if you become a surgeon, you wind up being you know surgery is fun, but you wind up being like west coast leading left kneecap surgeon and then you operate on left kneecaps every day for 30 years and then that's it so i like that i don't know what i'm gonna do when i can go into work and i like that you know it's kind of applicable to to our chosen hobby too so no, i like it it's it's good i'd rather be know a little bit about everything than know everything about one thing i guess Thank you. You told us that in Baffin, so I just wanted you to tell everyone else. Yeah, too. yeah. Oh, is that you, are you leading me with these questions? Okay, I see how this is going to go. <laughs> so how do I'm you? Not, end I'm up not that smart. Like, you should have recorded. You should have just recorded my rants, my uh, my intoxicated rants while in while in Baffin. Those were those were pretty classic. We yeah, except we couldn't keep electronics. Uh, you know, charged for more than five. That seconds. was not right. an option. So we're getting you now. Yeah, hooray! No, no, I, I like I like base jumping. I, I, I've, <laughs> me too. You know, I I become I, I like I, I just I guess when I do things, I kind of go all out. I guess that's kind of my my thing. I went I went too hard, too fast with base jumping, but I became a rigger. I like to make the gear. I like to design the gear. I like to do everything. So yeah, awesome! So I'm, I'm still I'm still waiting for that um, stash bag, Charlie. Oh yeah, I'll make you one. No problem. Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> I had a couple extras that I gave away, so I got to make a new a new run of them. So, Doctor Charlie, um, if Ben were to say, you know, like have a line twist and hit the ground really hard, or <laughs> maybe, maybe a, like attention tell, knot. You mean attention knot? There you go. <laughs> One of those bad things that makes you hit the ground really hard. Um, yeah. What's the first thing you would do when you came upon him? <laughs> Thank you. Well, Ben. Upon landing. Ben, you know, Ben's tension knots are scary. First of all, Ben, Ben's looked pretty bad. I always, I always tell people, and I probably told you guys in Bath, and like, if you see me running, then you should probably run. But it takes takes a lot for me to to get worked up. But I ran over to Ben pretty quick because he had a, a scary one. But when when you land on a hillside in a soft pile of cow shit, um, it tends to cushion your blow pretty well. So I'd, I'd recommend that for for anyone that. <laughs> well, and he smells like so. cow shit anyway, so. Most of the time, yeah. Now he. Uh, you could tell he was scared when he landed because he was already like rambling off his his military training kind of stuff. Oh, is this this and this and this is my name and this like so. When you see someone taking a situation way too seriously, I was not I find yelling it to go and to go. I find it helpful to go and just cup their balls delicately and we'll really put everything. In <laughs> there was nothing delicate about that, sir. And what's the technical <laughs> term for that? Uh, it's just called cupping balls. Yeah. Cupping, <laughs> cupping <laughs> balls. Right. Just called, no, that was that was not a straight up cup balls. No, no. So, so Charlie, there are many things. There, there are many things I do to patients to assess them for spinal injuries in the ER, and and, and that is the first time I've ever cupped anyone's balls. <laughs> well, you know what, Charlie? I fooled you because my balls had sucked inside of me at that point. Right. <laughs> that was just an excuse to touch Ben's balls, wasn't it? Much like today when we got in like ice cold water on our way to uh, milk stool. And uh, everyone's 
testicles went up inside their stomachs. Ah, you guys did the milk stool today? Yeah. First time. Could feel my heart beat. First first time for me and Brian. I've never been up there, actually. I mean, I've flown over the top of it from other exits, but I've never actually hiked up there. I've never done black line. I want to do black line at some point. Well, great. You yeah. come and come on down. Come on time. over. We'll do it. Take you there. Next time I'm in. I'll go to Black Line if Charlie's here. <laughs> Otherwise, right. there's I hear there's a couple of sections of uh, exposed area that I'm not, I'm not super excited about. Not, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Charlie, can I can I yep. just take you back just a, a moment there and and just say that if so, you're saying that living in the valley as I do, if I see somebody kind of landing sort of hardish. I should race over and cup their balls. It's yeah, if, 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 you, if, if, you quickly, if you quickly assess the situation and realize mm-hmm. that everything's going to be fine, yeah. then, then yes, absolutely. And then just absolutely. cup the balls. Okay. I'm going to smash into your garden well so hard. Is, I think Lisa would be good at that. Say, hey, body parts are all intact. He's walking yeah. around. Just feel free to cup the balls. Just cup the balls. And say, Excellent. And then look at but, their and, uh, eye contact is also very important. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. I meant so eye contact, <laughs> ball cupping. Smile. You have to smile, and a, and a slightly creepy smile. And that's when you whisper and you're like, "I did bad to say." But but if someone does hit the ground really hard and they have a boner instantly, is that like um, <laughs> is that an indicator less, of? It is, it is less. Yes, it is less of a good sign, and and that's and that's mm. what you know. That's the thing about cupping the balls. You'll hit the boner first if it's there, right. so you can identify that at the same time. Okay. What does that on, mean? What does that mean if you find end. a boner? Don't act like that you don't be, know. That, that can be yeah. that can be uh, indicative of a spinal cord injury. The thing about the thing about the whole boner and a spinal cord injury thing that I'm sure sure Ben knows about. Well, but Ben knows a lot about boners in general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously. But, Duh. but with 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 that is you know there's usually going to be another sign besides just the boner of a spinal cord injury like right. I can't feel anything below below my navel and I have a boner so that's that's kind of when that usually happens. my dick only, is tight and my butthole once. is loose that's what I yes. that's what I always remember isn't that just a Friday yes, night for you go. Ben that's, well yeah. you got to distinguish whether or not there was a sudden that, deceleration injury I, due to right you know I am not I am not surprised you remember it that way at all <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know what? If if I take nothing else out of this podcast, I'm taking that. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a good one. Okay. So thanks, Charlie. So in the uh, in the vein of uh, of like the medical aspect of all of this, uh, for future Baffin trips going forward, what would you what would you have done differently, or suggest for future generations going to Baffin as far as coverage for for medical out there? You know, I, I did I did a little talk when I'm up here, and I've actually been you know talked to Julie once about maybe doing a little class out at the Perine or in Moab um, to kind of talk about this stuff. But there's there's really only a few things when you're that remote that that are really going to like save a life in 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 the in the meantime, like kind of transporting in, and that's something that people you know binding a pelvis for pelvic fractures, using a traction splint. We we took some time, and I went over uh, the traction splint with a lot of people there. Uh, there, there's really only a few things, you know, uh, putting a needle in for attention pneumothorax as was, was famously done out in Moab, not, not that many years ago, stuff like that, that can really like save a life. That's the important stuff. And there's really not that many things you know, out there. If you break your arm out in Baffin, you know, that sucks. It's going to take two and a half days to get you someplace to, to get your arm better, but you're not going to die from it. So like, that's kind of the, when you're out that remote, the stuff you really worry about shrinks down a lot. Which is kind of good. I mean, that's that's the important thing out there. I'm sure you know. In, in combat situations, that's that's the same thing. You're not worrying about like little little things. You're worrying about you know stopping bleeding before bleeding stops. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, Charlie, one of the things that I noticed that while we were out there was that regardless of that where was, you it was, were. It was cold? Yeah. Very cold. It was first, cold. First, it was cold. Second, it was cold. And third. It was fucking it, cold. Yeah. All the time. All and the time cold. there was. I, I realized that regardless of the fact that we had a doctor out there. I'm pretty sure that almost every one of those three jumps that I did, nobody would have known anything about where I was or what would have happened because that mountain was so big. Like yeah. the idea that Charlie was there and we're going to be okay really did not and we have ever cross. It, that never crossed my mind because we couldn't tell where anybody was jumping like unless you were lucky enough to see a guy flying. Like if I'd yeah, have smashed yeah. against a rock, were you guys calling in sure. your 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 exits to? Yeah, but you can't see. Yeah, I mean, There's it's, nothing it's, you, it's I, so I agree. big. And, you know, what if if people are are listening to this and they're you know getting excited about going to Baffin and thinking going to Baffin, you got to remember that you know it is a it is a remote expedition. It is not the valley. It is not cell phone service. You know, you're you're totally right. That place is so enormous. If you flew out there. And your bright neon-colored parachute was just laying next to a cliffside. I mean, the scale there is just so crazy. Like you couldn't, you wouldn't be able to find anybody. Like it's it's yeah. unreal. But uh, you know, when you're out that remote, that's that's the thing that you got to remember is you know being conservative, avoiding injury. It's not the place to take a risk because you know it is super remote. We I think all of us knew once we got out there and how far, how long it takes to get out there and how freaking remote it is. Like no one's coming out there quickly at all like you're you're on your own it doesn't matter you know what your training is where you're at like it is a remote remote place with not a lot of resources so yeah yeah super important super important to consider like i was super paranoid just to twist an ankle because with a with a with a sprained ankle in the middle of nowhere (laughs) you now have a, a a shit shit trip yeah no i mean it's it's a the, the the biggest risk of the trip is is being out there i mean in the conditions like i think we can all agree like none of the jumps we did were really technical jumps in any way those were not even close to the most technical exits i've flown not even you know they're 20 plus second rock drops they're yeah. enormous enormous things but but just the fact that you're out there in the middle of absolute nowhere with just no no hope of of soon rescue or help in any way you know that's I remember. I remember John was talking about. He's like, "Oh yeah, if you if you press one of those locator beacons, it's gonna call like the Canadian Mounted Police, and then they'll call, and then they'll call the guys in Clyde River that took you out here, and they're gonna drive out on snowmobiles in a few hours. Like that's the and a know. day later they'll be here. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know it's not it's a it's a legit place. Like I think we all I think we all when you get out there you realize like oh shit this is this is for real. Like this is playing for keeps. This is not the place to screw around. Char- Charlie, and- do you know? Do you know of any? Uh, sorry to cut you off. Do you know of any civilian uh, training programs that you can go through that will will train you in the kind of uh, like remote trauma specific things you were mentioning earlier? Like, you know, I'm I'm thinking like, you yeah. Know. I mean, even so, so doing doing like there there is wilderness EMT courses, things like that. I know a lot of a lot of jumpers have taken those, and and honestly, just you know. Like I said, if you if you say no, you know, not not every person's going to go and spend, you know, whatever it costs and the time and money and stuff to do be a wilderness EMT. Um, but but learning how to use just a few key things. And, and that's that's kind of what I've been thinking about doing to, to teach at, you know, at Turkey Boogie or up at you know Memorial Day at the Prime, the, the stuff where people really 
meet and talk or even maybe KL or something like that. You know, there, there's just a few things you need to know how to do. And they're not, they're not super difficult things either um, where you don't really have to know what you're actually doing. As long as you remember, Hey, I have to do this, like straightening a femur in a, in a, a femur fracture traction splint or, you know, d- just easy stuff, just a few things that, that everyone can do. So, you know, you can, you can go as far as you want with medical training. You can take, you know, trauma specific classes. I used to teach what's called ATLS, which is, you know, you teach trauma surgeons how to do trauma stuff. Uh, I mean, you can go real, real far with trauma. Um, but just simple stuff is, is enough for 99% of, of jumpers for sure. Advanced trauma life support for you laymen out there. Cup the balls. <laughs> Cup the balls. Yeah. Delicately. So, so Eye Charlie, contact. Charlie, Eye contact. Tell us, a, tell us about what you prepared and what kit you brought to, to Baffin to kind of be the medic on sure. this trip. Yeah, and, and that's, and, you know, the key thing is, for, for me getting up there is, you know, I can bring a ton of gear to a remote place. It's, it's kind of what do you really need and what's, what can we get up there? Because we were bringing every single thing with us. So the things that, that I had, uh, John, the guy, you know, running the trip, kind of get in advance where we're kind of we had a, a backboard a collapsible backboard so you can always immobilize a person slash bring a body whatever whatever you got to do you know a, a big board that a bunch of people can carry that's that's a pretty w- wing suits are great have. for carrying bodies <laughs> yeah yeah sorry, they, they, sorry, they are dark, they are dark joke uh dude I've, I've used more than one wing suit as a body bag it's you know it's the reality of the sport not i, I stopped sugarcoating things a few years ago it's kind of kind of the, the nature of the beast um, but, but, you know, having a traction splint, we had a traction splint there. I, I went over that with a lot of people because, you know, that's, that's what I think about is as the, you know, theoretically, the only one that knows how to use this stuff is, Hey, I'm jumping too. Like, what if I need this stuff done? So, so teaching other people how to do stuff is, is a good idea too. But we had just, you know, basic, uh, C-spine kind of stuff up there, stabilization, C-collar. Um, I had with me just a bunch of suture material, a bunch of bandages, you know, things for, for things like uh, blisters from from frostbite and frostnip stuff like that, that's that's mostly what I what I gave out were were you know basic pain medications and and stuff to cover you know fingers with blisters and noses with blisters and stuff like that. And the fiber um, powder. The what? The fiber powder. Oh yeah, fiber powder. That's that is that that's what went fastest actually. That was right? all within like a few days. Oh yeah. yeah. You always want to when when you're out in the middle of nowhere, it sucks if you can't shit. <laughs> Or exactly. it's not so bad. Yeah, Brian. Brian, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing great because I don't have to squat on a had, five gallon bucket in the yeah. So it was. It was degrees. touch. It was touch and go there for Brian for a while. We were worried it was going to start coming out of his mouth if he wasn't careful. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! I was super was happy totally that you brought fine. the fiber powder, and I, I was even, really I bummed use it. that it was gone. I never used it. Yeah, no, it went it went fast. It went within it went like the first sure. like three days. It was gone. Respectfully, yeah. I've yeah. known Brian for like eight years, and he has a, three times a, in those eight. He has a <laughs> different pattern, but it works for him. <laughs> he yep. shits every three days and it's fine like yeah. just goes with massive blowout on travel but so, anyhow so, so i think charlie we're going to talk about cold right and how to prepare for cold and deal with cold and what you do when you get super cold yeah so shiver it sucks i was gonna say charlie did you end up with any kind of frostbite frost nip did your skin fall off uh, mine did not. Um, I I did have numb toes for probably a full week plus when I got home. Like they were not, you know, uncomfortably numb or crazy, but they were noticeably like a little bit numb. A little and, bit and not right. 
yeah, a little that's, while that's, that's for those nerves to regenerate. Yeah, no, absolutely. It just it's going to have that, you know, even when you're laying wearing two layers of socks and, and boots and stuff like that, when it's when it's negative 40 out, you know, it's it's goddamn cold. You know, I, I don't know if they even make sleeping bags rated below negative 35. And I was thinking about that while we were there is that it's negative 40. You know, it's it's freaking cold. I uh, I mean, layers are obviously the key in, in any situation and, and layering and staying dry. Um, being cold sucks. Being cold and wet will kill you. And that's that's the kind of the fact of that. So hiking especially when you're doing hikes when it's really cold it's always better to hike cold than to be wet and just sitting there when you get to the top and your and your layers are freezing to you because it's negative 40 out and it's legit cold up there uh and and that's the temperatures we were dealing with that's the kind of cold that kills you it's not you know or or you lose limbs to and things like that so you know that becomes a really important thing Uh, i think people saw it earlier on if you remember jeremiah had he, he basically didn't have his nose covered while riding a snowmobile in, in the afternoon, you know, at the warmest time of the day. And he had a huge blister over his nose oh, that, that took, you know, a week and a half to, to heal just because that's that's the kind of cold you're dealing with. You know, wind chill gets gets legit. I think we had a negative 90 degree wind chill night the night. It was it was super windy out. So, I mean, going out there in that, even if you're wearing all your layers appropriately, that that cold's going to get through. So how did you treat that, Charlie? Prevention, honestly, is the best is the best treatment, but just keeping stuff covered once once you're getting to that level, just warming it up and keeping it covered. I mean, the the worst thing you can do is, is just decide to keep, especially if they get wet. I mean, uh, Travis that was on the trip, he had like three pairs of socks on. He was hiking during the day and they got wet and he just didn't want to, you know, take everything off and, and ungear and stuff because it's, it's cold out there. But keeping those wet socks on, I mean, he, he had probably, I, I bet he still has numb feet now because he were he was pretty legit cold i mean we wound up with guys soaking their feet in pots of warm water and things like that yeah we did spa Just day get feeling back into them and that's mm-hmm. when but so gotta, so, like, really, so what did you really give to jeremiah for his nose like how did you treat that um, basically, so w- when you have blistering, so basically Jeremiah had just a big old blister over his nose. Blisters are fine. People, people love to pop blisters and want to, you know, kind of drain them and things like that. But blisters, if they are covered and it's just normal blister type fluid underneath there, it's better to keep the skin intact because, because basically that's your protection against infection. That's your, your bandage right there. Um, if it does, it does pop, not a huge deal covering with the bandaid, but just making sure it stays covered and trying to keep the skin intact because, you know, you're, you you want to kind of prevent that secondary infection. You already you already screwed up the skin. It's going to take a while to heal, but having an infection on top of that makes makes matters much much worse. So, is it better to put a kind of bandage over it that will keep it kind of moist and keep the skin intact, or what? Yeah, um, I always I always I always tell people in general when you're thinking about wounds, wet wounds heal faster. Uh, lots of people like to you know if, if even if you have road rash and things like that. I mean. Uh, people like to, to dry them out, have scabs there because it sucks when everything's all juicy and it's, you got to change bandages and stuff like that. But it's actually, I think it's something like covered wounds heal to full strength, 40% faster than, than wounds that you just let scab up and then the scab has to fall off and then all that stuff. So keep your wounds wet folks. That's the, the moral of that I story. I think that's super helpful. Cup the balls, cup the balls, <laughs> keep wounds wet. Cup the balls. Mm. Priapism. What? So, Charlie, I was saying before you joined when we were doing the intro oh, yeah. that the, the only medical event that we had was actually on the plane ride back from Clyde River when the guy next to me, like, had a fit. Yes. Yeah, you got to so, – so, yeah, old old Inuit man had a seizure sitting next to Aaron, which was probably awesome for you at the time. It was was awesome for me when, when they started yelling to come up on this tiny little plane going out of the middle of nowhere. 
luckily there were three nurses on board that knew the guy well that were traveling you know from his little town and were like oh yeah he has seizures all the time he's fine and he was but yeah it's always it, that's that's when my mind starts racing being like oh crap if something goes wrong here what am i gonna do so that's like my worst nightmare like i spend a lot of time traveling for work and like i don't even want to talk to the person next to me it's like it, like you're next to the window got it lean up there chill don't have a fucking seizure, please. Like, you know, it's like, I, that's, that's, that's actually what Aaron will say from now on to every person she sits next to on a plane. Mm-hmm. Christ, no, no, like, are you going to have he, a goddamn he, seizure on this thing? <laughs> no, he like, he kind of tapped me and was looking at me and I was like, Hey dude, what do you want? I was like, I was into my downloaded Netflix, like totally like watching. I was like, Hey, what do you need? And he's just clutching his coffee, just looking at me. And I'm like, Hey, what do you need? And he just, I, he was going to spill his coffee, and I was like, okay, this is not right. He's not right. <laughs> I just grabbed his coffee and was like, help. <laughs> I need some help. This is not right. Firsthand, you know, when, when some medical thing happens, even just in a slightly weird environment, an environment you don't expect, like, it's scary, and things can get real, real fast, you know, especially when you're when you're kind of, you know, like you said, just sitting there being like, oh, what's going on? Someone please help. Like, things get scary pretty fast. Yeah, I had no idea what to do. I thought Randy was going to say that his worst uh, fear was that someone was going to have to call for a doctor on an airplane, and that for some reason he was going to have to grab my to be one. <laughs> <laughs> my worst fear is that they're going to call for a doctor. No one's going to raise their hand, so I'm going to have to pretend to be a doctor. Yeah, because yeah, the extent of my medical like uh, training. I, and then I, I'm just going to have to be like, well, I'm going to have to grab cup this guy's balls. Yeah, it's like I can plug holes. Yeah. I can chug. I can plug that like uh, tube what? up your nose. You know, like you the, the na- I've, I've nasal fill-in fill geo <laughs> thing. Like I know how to lick the thing and shove it up your nose like so you can breathe. Like that's about it. You know, plug holes, that's it. But we digress. So, Charlie, how would you tell everyone to, how to prepare for cold what did you do what did you bring to prepare for cold because you were you so, were pretty awesome yeah i was cold. pretty toasty most of the time so um <laughs> as funny as it is the the four of us that and the people see pictures of happen the four of us that had the giant crazy down arctic exploration suits that's like the most amazing thing to have out there because, uh, a onesie you know, they, if you will Yes, yes. Right. Does, they do have butt flaps for, for shitting, so you don't have to undress to shit. Also, extremely nice. But honestly, I wore that thing, like, probably 90-plus percent of the time we were up Yes, there. you did. It was, and it was amazing. Like, it worked, it worked super well. They were designed for exactly that. Cause, you know, how how bad moving, did it smell when you got home? Oh, yeah. It, it was washed right away. Well, the good thing is I still had, like, five layers underneath it, so, so it didn't get too, too, too stinky. But, you know, when you... But by the end of the uh, the trip, when you would sit down in those big down suits, it would kind of have a little like waft of, of your, your own self. Yeah, that would, ball that would sweat. Off, you know, it's hot, and you're kind of like, oh, that's that's disgusting. That warm. Okay, warm but air. how good were the down booties? Oh yes, the the Baffin booties are amazing. If if anyone's going to the deep Arctic, the the down booties were were a solid uh, addition. I I had been warned by people I'd been on the trip previously that you know. You're going to want these big boots, but get the down booties. They're amazing. They're the best thing to wear in camp. And, oh, yeah, they sure were. Those things were, were unreal how good they work. Anyone anyone com- contemplating the purchase? Yes, absolutely. I don't think the uh, I don't think they would be good for any other place, honestly, because your feet would just be instantly sweating anywhere you went. So Everywhere else. 
They actually don't. I actually wore them in my. Do, apartment do you still wear them? I I wore them in my apartment in Geneva just for the hell of it. And why they? Well, because I was showing them off to Lisa when she came <laughs> to visit me, and how good they would be for her for um, her Mongolia trip. What and. Yeah, they, they they I didn't sweat in them, so I think they actually have a huge temperature. <laughs> so they're great for Baffin they were, Island and they Geneva. Were, they were so amazing. I actually left mine when when we left because you know there was guys staying up there for for extended periods of time. So so you, I actually left. You bequeathed mine. them to uh, someone, didn't you? To Rob. Yeah, yeah I donated them. Donated them to Rob to the to the expedition. So. Did he actually yeah, wear like, them? Because like I'm pretty sure that he like said no to hand warmers every chance he got. No, he didn't. He took all the hand warmers he could get, especially if they were already warmed up. Yeah. <laughs> by by the end, by the end, you could see the realization for those guys that were staying for a lot longer. That like, oh man, we're kind of running out of all the good shit by this point. So there's just <laughs> desperation. Any hand warmers? Any alcohol? Any drugs? Please leave with me. So, we're Charlie, here was, for two more weeks. Charlie, was this your first trip to Baffin? This was. Yes, this was my first trip to Baffin. Would you go back? Um. I think I would, uh, and, and if and if I ever would pause on that and say I wouldn't, it, it wouldn't have anything to do that like it's a bad place to go. I wouldn't go back, but but honestly, like that's a it's such a huge giant expedition trip. Like it checks a big old box to be up there, and and I think our trip went incredibly well. Like you mm-hmm. know for all the for all the downtime with weather and things like that, like the people were awesome. We got to do. You know, I, I definitely I put Polar Sunspire as as the best base jump I've ever done in my life. Oh, and nice. if anyone listening gets a chance to go to go to Baffin and you can only do one jump, that's an amazing jump. Like that is that is unreal. I agree. That's yeah, my gotten, favorite I've too. I've gotten to jump a lot of I've gotten to jump a lot of cool stuff, you know, in the last, you know, while I've been doing this and and that one was super special, super super good. So you're making it really hard for me right now cuz like I'm this is Randy. I'm I'm kind of thinking about it and I'm like I'm I keep going back and forth and now you're like making it hard cuz like Yeah, it's it's one of those things, you know, it's it, to do it, I always say some of the stuff that's the best memories and the best experiences of your life, it's not you know necessarily the most comfortable thing to go through at the time. I don't think any of us were sitting sure. there like freezing freezing to death in negative 40, waiting for a week to do anything and being like, this is awesome, guys. This is the best. Like It, <laughs> it sucks sometimes. It absolutely mm-hmm. sucked, and that's, that's to be expected in an uncomfortable environment. This isn't to go you know, sit on the beach in Hawaii and you know, drink Mai Tais all day. This yeah, is legit, I, li- I lived in Hawaii for thing, 10 but, years. <laughs> yeah, but, but the, reward, the, reward is, the reward is incredible. You know, it's, I don't think anyone that went on the trip will say they wish they hadn't gone on the trip at all. I mean, it would have been, been you... great to jump every day and stuff like that, but, but it was an amazing trip. Charlie, when were you most uncomfortable on the trip and why? Um, you know, it, it was funny. I would say I was the most uncomfortable initially, just in the first like couple of days, because you're you're so remote. You're in the middle of nowhere. You don't have any contact with your friends and family. You know, it, it's pretty, it's pretty rough. Just just that disconnect from the world. But but the longer, you know, the longer you're out there, the more you kind of embrace the solitude. Embrace like you know, you realize you're with amazing people in this crazy place, and it just you want you to appreciate it. Um, I'd say I appreciated more this trip at the time than pretty much any other base trip I've been on because we weren't just pushing every day to jump and jump and jump. And like, you kind of get to look around and and think about stuff. Yeah. So Charlie, one of the things I was going to ask you was like, what was the biggest like lesson learned or like, what did you take away from Baffin that 
you didn't expect? I was in kind of a rough place in base jumping when when Baffin came about. I mean, my you know, I, I can't I can't speak like I lost people like other people I'm talking to right now have lost people, but you know, I was I was in a rough place from about you know fourteen fifteen. Those were rough years for me. I lost some really close friends. And then when everyone died in 2016, you know, I'd already, I was already kind of checked out at that point. I couldn't really, I couldn't really handle meeting new people and giving some of myself to someone that, you know, like, fuck, everyone's just dying. Mm. And Baffin to, to kind of meet the people that were up there. I mean, in any, in any given group of jumpers, I'm usually a pretty experienced guy as far as time and experience in the sport and stuff like that. But to meet guys that have been jumping, you know, since I was three years old and, you know, to kind of meet some legends that I'd been chasing since I started jumping and just be in that isolated environment. You know, it was, it was really good therapy for me, honestly, just to kind of feel okay with jumping again. Nice. To kind of, make so you I didn't, I didn't rem- remember, Hey, uh, I'm just going to try and string a sentence together. Did it kind of, did it kind of make you remember why you do it in some way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't remember the last time that I landed for a jump and was just like in ecstasy and joy and just like, we did it, you know, <laughs> and I've, I've done that a lot in when opening jumps and, and doing cool, cool things. And, you know, just that joy, just that pure, you know, what, what I got into base jumping for, I guess, you know, not to, not to make videos or be cool or do anything, but just to, to experience something like that with other people that are of the same mindset and, and, you know, jumping those those cliffs and landing from polar sun spire like i felt that joy again that i haven't felt honestly in a while and i think that community like those of us there we had such good conversations hanging out in the igloo and just talking it was awesome for me too if you if you're feeling if you're feeling shitty about jumping go to an igloo in Baffin Island, in the middle of nowhere, with only other base jumpers who want to talk about base jumping constantly and like talk about base jumping. Like it's, you know, it was to, to look around and I, I, I was saying, I was trying to explain to somebody when you have a friend like uh, Ben, I was talking about Shane, uh, a mutual friend of ours who died in 2012. It's been fucking six years now. And to tell a story about a person and to not have to preface to anyone who that person is, you don't have to say, Hey, my buddy Shane, who did this and this and this, you know, you can just say, Hey, Shane. And I see Simon's eyes light up and be like, Oh, Shane. And like go around the room and there's people you're, you're within such a small group of such close friends. Like that makes all the difference when you're talking about somebody. Yeah. You get that common ground from, the, from the word go. You can have, so that was, that was, that was the coolest part about Baffin for me. And it's, it's really what I, what I needed and didn't realize I needed at the time. It's like a it's like a concentrated version of base jumping, isn't it? I mean, it's it's kind of always that way because it's such a small community, and you know, but it's a small community that's getting bigger. So, I guess yeah, it's when, true. It's, when it's magnified in in some way, like Baffin, then yeah, to 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 meet people that like you know, I've been like, yeah, I remember in in two thousand four, you know starting to skydive and, and watching guys fly wingsuits. And then you're, you're, you're sitting across from the guy that was in that video or you're, you know, you, you, yeah. you kind of just, you know, it's, it's amazing. Like I, I have, I have heroes in the sport for sure. Like I have, I have guys I looked up to for a long time and was like, Holy shit, this guy's amazing. You know, and, and to get to just kind of hang out with the, some of those people and, you know, I don't want to say beyond that level or anything, you know, stupid like that, but you know, it's, it's kind of cool. It kind of let me feel like I had a place in, in base. 
That's awesome. And pretty rare, I guess. I mean, it's a small community, but it's also pretty spread out across the world as well. So, yeah, yeah to be in a tiny, concentrated place in an igloo of all places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to happen that it's often. Very... No, it's a very, it's a, it was a very unique experience, and I'm, I'm pretty lucky that I got to have it for sure. Yeah, and we were stoked that you were there to, uh, you know, take care of the boys and girls that were there. Like, I, I know I felt a little bit better, better um, largely because I wasn't going. And Brian and I do a lot of jumping together. And, like, I had some reservations because Baffin claims what, I think the stat's like 1 in 10, you know? But yeah, it's, I, I mean... And, uh... Uh, maybe it's not that aggressive. I, I don't know. One, one, I feel like one in ten's, but yeah, I mean, know. there's been there's been a couple of fatalities, and there's not not a lot of people that have base jumped in that. Yeah, and I'm not sure you would have helped those fatalities given the the circumstances. But knowing that a friend of ours is there, that is also a doctor, made me feel better about Brian going up to fucking God knows where and God knows cold. You know, like. Uh, there was some anxiety there, even though I wasn't on the Aaron, trip. Don't worry oh, about yeah. Aaron. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, think, I think it was Aaron funny too, when but... we all got there. <laughs> I, when we I all don't... got there, we kind of talked about everyone Everyone felt that. You know, I, I'm sure I sure did when, when I was packing finally for the trip. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, this is real. everything. And I hope I know what I'm – what am I getting myself into? Like, there's definitely, you know, part of that. And that's, that's a good – you know, self-doubt is good to have because it makes you reassess putting yourself in pretty crazy situations. But <laughs> – but yeah, I had, I had plenty of, uh, of reservations and doubts and, you know, kind of concerns going up there because it's, it's legit. So when you got off the plane there in, uh, was it Clyde River? Is that where you guys were like, oh, shit. Like, what, what were your yeah. first thoughts when you, when you got off the plane there? Like... Well, I mean, it, well, well my, my trip was already pretty fucked up to begin with because there was uh, – I flew from California to Newark, Newark, New Jersey, and then I was supposed to fly up to Ottawa for the flight the next morning and, and you know – uh, get there like with eight hours to spare to, to repack my bags and, you know, get ready to fly to the Arctic. So all those flights got canceled because of an ice storm on the East coast. So I actually had to drive overnight for eight hours to, to Ottawa. Um, and then barely got there like an hour before the, the flight left. So entire flight up to Clyde river and just kind of woke up in the Arctic and was like, Oh shit. Like we're here in the middle of nowhere. Word. I, I think, I think when you get out and you, and you get that blast of cold and you're like, so this is as warm as it's going to be for the next, you know, 17 days of just being here. Like you're not, you're not inside ever. You're, you're just sitting in a tent in the freezing cold. So I think that that realization comes pretty quick when you, when you step out there and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to live in this for, for a while. I think Brian and I like landed in Iqaluit and got off the plane and walked to the terminal. <laughs> I looked at Brian and I was like, shit just got real. <laughs> Yeah. And then I will say I will say Brian didn't look the most confident I've ever seen him <laughs> on, on his arrival up there. No, I was but, like, "What the fuck did you just get me into?" But but, but prior Son to Baffin, where was, where you have didn't you see seen him, him other than the valley? You didn't see him till till we got to camp. <laughs> like you didn't see him when we were in Clyde River packing all of the the comatics and the the sleds with all of our crap. Ugh. How un- how have you have we discussed how uncomfortable the comatics are yet? Has that been or or yeah. how the worst was the balloon basket wrapped in saran wrap? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah, the worst. But... Yeah, that was the worst. <laughs> did you ride in that thing on the way out? Yes, there? yes, yes, oh, I did. Oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was no, horrible. I, I, got a, I got a covered coma ticket and it still sucked. Yeah, no, um, Dave Barker and I were in the <laughs> balloon, the, yeah, the balloon basket wrapped in saran wrap to try and protect it from the, you know, the wind. Mm. It was cold. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, and then and then you're like, okay, what these these boots are rated minus forty? Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, if, that means they that means those boots are going to be totally fine when it's minus forty out. Those boots are not going to fall apart at all. Your feet are going to be fucking frozen, but uh, the boots are going to be fine. The boots are not going to be. Yeah, and and from as those far boots are going as, nowhere. As far as I could tell, because guys came on the on the trip with minus hundred degree boots and i think their feet were as cold as mine were and the no, warmest i think they're when you get into those numbers like there's like no one's ever gonna actually use this we'll just put whatever you want on it <laughs> yeah right yeah. <laughs> who's going to minus 100 minus infinity we can jack boots. the price up a little bit more if it's a minus 100 versus a minus 40 yeah but i have these to tell are minus you, infinity yeah go try them out minus infinity try the it. warmest my feet were were in those Baffin down booties with like full feet warmers on them, and that's what I wore in the Comatech back to to Clyde River, and those were golden. My feet were so happy and warm. What about Uggs? <laughs> Do you think Uggs would work in the environment? Uggs would probably be fine too. Wear Uggs. I, I say, have so, no, no, so I comfy. can't recommend <laughs> Uggs. I have absolutely no idea. All I can say is that. The full feet warmers instead of just like the toe foot warmers are definitely a good investment. And the down booties were ace. For sure. For That's sure. And the onesie. And if I ever went back, I would wear down the onesie. For and, sure. take, and take yeah. a doctor. So, so, for, so for people that didn't have the onesies on here, would you get a onesie if you went back? Oh, for Absolutely. sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think it's worth the. I borrowed. I, I, got to borrow, I borrowed one. I, they're they're a good like you know thousand bucks or something more I think, but I got to borrow one, so that was a good a good deal. But man, I was so happy I I had it because it's it's not the walking around in cold that's that's hard. I mean, like hiking in cold is is not not hard at all. It's it's the sitting there. It's just mm-hmm. sitting there and being like it's negative thirty, negative forty out, and I'm just gonna sit on a chair and do nothing. Right. Like that's now the funniest thing cool. is when you guys posted that picture from. Um, from Blackpool, I was like, oh, I don't even recognize you guys without all your all your gear on. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like sure. I don't, I don't recognize you without your onesie on. Mm-hmm. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, I think the the biggest problem with the two piece versus the one piece. I don't know, really. Like, I borrowed Dukes' two piece down set, and it was awesome, but. I was never as warm as anybody that was wearing a onesie. Was everybody in a onesie was always smiling, and I was like, "I'm not smiling." Oh, I I slept I slept in that thing inside a sleeping bag. Yeah, yeah, so Julie. yeah. I was, was in my. It was nice. Like I, I was so very did you warm do that? Like, never... Did you do that the entire time? Or like, or did you finally sack up and like just wear your underwear into the? Sleeping bag. But you were, oh, Char- no, I mean, Charlie was in a. You were in an expedition. That's tent, true. Right? He was not, in it. Yes, not I, was, I was in the. Yeah, was, I think it was almost better in a way because that tent would heat up a lot faster. And the thing about wearing, if you wear the onesie into the sleeping bag, you never get that like shock of the ice cold sleeping bag as it warms up. Like mm-hmm. it's 
it's actually quite nice. And if you get warm, you just, you know, unzip the, the top part of the onesie and you're still in the nice warm sleep. But you didn't bag. sweat in it at night? What? Not really. I, I, I was, you know, I if I if I started to get warm, time. I would I would take off layers then in the middle of the night. But like, I was never I was never warm when I first got in there. So so I mean, it was it was pretty damn cold. For those for those of us that didn't go, uh, what's an expedition tent relative to a so, a regular tent? So the the majority. So I, I don't even know if it was covered yet. How I kind of came to be on this on this trip that I just kind of I got I got kind of added in as the as the Oh shit! We need someone that knows about medicine. You know, probably about six months before I, uh, the trip, I got invited on the trip, which was awesome for me. So, but as a part of that, I didn't get all the amenities that were already provided to the paid Baffin guests. So, the the majority of people were in kind of these big blue expedition tents that you could, you know, or a big blue Arctic tents that you could kind of walk around inside. And they had uh, a snow floor in them, but had some cots and plenty of room in them. I was in more your traditional kind of like mountain hardware mountain tent three season tent so you know crawl into it floor of the tent rain fly all the all the normal stuff so that's what i actually camped in the, the whole time and sharing I was quite, sharing quite with the photographer that's funny I, yeah, because... I, kicked him, I kicked him out i kicked him out about halfway through because he snored like a freaking chainsaw <laughs> yeah we in the uh field i come from we we always put our medical people in like the best conditions because like we wanted to make sure they were good to work on us if we were in a spot so i think it's yeah, funny I, that I, uh, you got put in the opposite of that well i kind of got I, I got other benefits of like not having to pay for the trip yeah. <laughs> well there you go <laughs> there you go happy. all right I, dude i was just happy to be there like i i am not a i'm not a princess i'm not too worried about you know i can sleep in a tent it was it was still plenty plenty nice there plus wait, wait, wait. so um, where did scott go when you kicked him out well they had the when the pilot came into town they set up another tent which, which I thought was kind of bullshit. If we had the second tent sitting there FTP? the whole time getting ready to Anybody? be used, why didn't we put that up in the first place? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we put, you know, he spent one night in, in camp, and then we had this extra one-person tent that was kind of set up there. So I, we just Scott just moved into that to, to sleep, and it, it was more comfy. I mean, we were in a two-man tent. It's it's big enough for a couple of sleeping bags, and that's about about it. So it was nice to have the the extra room in there. And plus, and really, the benefit of the expedition tents is that they didn't collapse when it snowed. <laughs> Nice. And and they got warm. I mean, I mean, Jay yes. said said that like inside of his tent was like seventy degrees at some point, and like oh yeah, yeah. My when it would sit, my when it would sit the sun, when it would sit the sun during that. the day, you could actually you could actually like strip down totally and like take a little sponge bath in those tents comfortably. Nice trade offs, right? Because it was really nice to be able to walk into the tent and stand up and not have to take off your shoes because the floor was already snow anyway, and. Yeah, oh yeah, those were honest. those were nice tents too. That the the amenities were, I must say, having I don't know how many people you guys knew from the prior back and trips that went, but uh, where I'm where I'm up here in Northern California, there was quite a few guys that you know that were close friends of mine that had been on the on the trip you know eight years earlier and ten years earlier. So so you know I got some I got some insight to kind of what they went through as as far as you know getting there and and having to set up your tent when it's negative thirty out and three o'clock in the morning and blowing thirty miles an hour and versus you know. We had we had a legit expedition leader who went out and set up camp for us beforehand. I mean that was, yeah, uh, was I really epic. think John did John did a pretty phenomenal job compared to what's been done in the past up there to kind of make it cush for us. I mean there wasn't a lot of you know uncomfortable moments on the trip 
that, that weren't pl- kind of planned. Absolutely. So I we, agree. We, we had, I, we had luxury there for sure. I agree. Absolutely. And we're going to have a whole nother episode on camp life, which was rad. Yeah. Amazing. Do you have any I'll other have to, guidance? I'll have to figure on, out how to uh, listen to this podcast. Right. <laughs> or we'll just call you in again. At, at least listen to the <laughs> one you're we're on. We're tired of talking to each other. Really. <laughs> but, but every episode that, uh, that, uh, ben is on at the very least. Uh, you um, somehow happen to be a, a listen, Charlie. I give my buddies shit whether they're listening to the podcast or not. Yeah. <laughs> so now yeah, you have to laugh. listen to Dude, you have just, to listen to all of them. Just in case you ever listen to this, Charlie, you're an asshole. Just so you know. <laughs> I'm always like, if, I'm always like saying something like, and he's not here to defend himself. If there was a <laughs> base life podcast drinking game, like uh, bringing up Doctor Charlie would definitely be like a, uh, you got to do a drink. Like it's, it's, it's that common. Oh, you're, you're 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 stroking my ego enough. I might actually actually go listen to this podcast. Right. Well, no, I'm trying to get more listeners too. So like, I'm trying to get more downloads. <laughs> But uh, do, so Charlie, do you have any other guidance as far as like uh, being in that extreme cold, and for maybe even not just for like a baffin trip, but like people that plan to go to uh, north of the Arctic Circle? Yeah, just I mean, anytime you're going to be out, you know, active in a cold environment, layers and managing your layers are, are the most important thing. It's you know, I, I can't tell you how many times you know you, you see people hiking, you know, things like Half Dome even work. If you hike and jump at sunrise, you know, it's going to be really nice and warm when you start hiking and then real, real cold at the top. And, you know, sitting there sweating in the wind, you know, in soaking wet layers is, is miserable and it can be even dangerous, too. So, I mean, that's you really want to plan your layers and you always want to hike cold. It's much better to, to hike and be cold during the hike than to be sweaty and awful at the top and, and have no dry layers to put on. Nice. OK, so layer up and stay dry. I'm. I'm thinking personally right now because I'm going to Mongolia horse trekking in the mountains for three weeks. Nice. In September, which is potentially insane. Um, so, yeah, layer up and stay dry, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Gore-Tex, Gore-Tex works. We've got – there's so many fancy, fancy high-tech layers now that will keep you warm and dry. You know, it's it, – there's no excuse for not having them this day and age for sure. Get, get something that will work for you. Okay. Awesome. Now, you guys had a lot of women on this expedition as, as well. How did you guys keep from e- being eaten by polar bears? Science. I think they, they can't. Pure I heard they kind of came around camp more as camp kind of dwindled down. So so maybe it was the. Uh, After the women, the women left. Thanks very much, Ben. Yeah, was it just. Were... And there was not a high volume of women. There were two among like 21 people camped and out no there. And no one hit shark or. I guess in this case, polar bear week while you guys were there. Yeah. yeah it was maybe they 200% did. And, uh, increase in women did. in the Arctic circle. So get this, Charlie, you'll find this interesting because you're a doctor. The rest really? of these are we, idiots are we, here are we won't talking find about it. this now, but Ben? Really? I read a book. <laughs> That's the first part. Science. I read a book. Uh, by that was, a woman. that was the impressive thing, by the way, yeah. already. <laughs> Listen, I can read. And I read a book by a woman named Mary Roach called, uh, grunt. And, uh, she she actually writes a whole chapter about uh, the whole book is about the military testing different things. But she wrote a whole chapter that after you guys were already gone, I was like, God, I should have photocopied this and sent it to Charlie because it's about a test that they did with polar bears and polar bears would rather eat used tampons 
than almost <laughs> anything else they could offer to them, including fresh salmon. So I shit you not. So this is in a book that is, was published. Who designed this study and what else were they feeding them? Were they like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, put, put some used tampons in there. See what happens. What other kind of shit do <laughs> you think question. the what U.S. government drunk, is spending your money on? What kind of drunk ass study was this? Um, <laughs> Good question. So, so I'll. Well, let me let me tell you my one my one medical thing first before before I just throw you under the bus here too, which will be great. Um, <laughs> Please yes. throw him under the bus yes. afterwards. Uh, so, so, so there is uh, there there is actually a best medical study I've ever read was they were actually worried that when uh, there was this kind of myth that went around that if guys were high in meth and cops tased them that they were you know have heart attacks their heart would explode or something like that. So <clears throat> some scientists went and gave sheep a bunch of meth and then tased them a bunch. And I was like, that sounds like it would be like either the best or the worst study to do ever. Just just getting meth fucked up, you know, cheap fucked up on meth all day and tasing them. So, you know, the, the medical community is <laughs> out there and doing doing up. God's work. How do you, you sign you up for that You study. don't have to be part of the medical community. I gave a goat a bunch of cocaine one time. <laughs> and and now if I could just quickly um, address Ben's sexist tirade there, uh, I would. It wasn't sexist. To show my love and support for for women in general, and especially the women in base jumping, hashtag in, in me such too. A, a small male-dominated world, how how successful they are, and uh, I think they should be commended for that. So there you go. And the women I, on the I, trip, right? I didn't Charlie? say. Hey, listen, I did not say that we shouldn't protect them after they attracted the polar bears to camp. All right. <laughs> we they hired uh, people with guns, right? You had an Inuit with with like a, a sniper rifle. Apparently, but I mean, it wasn't a problem, and you're a jackass. Yeah, he was firing used tampons away and, from and, the camp. <laughs> that yeah, they said we should have a gun that fires like, used tampons away from camp away, to distract right? the polar bears. Exactly. That would have been... You had a drone. You could have just taped it on there and <laughs> lured them away from camp. Really? Really? You're still a jackass. <laughs> it's in a book that was written by a woman. I'm just saying, read it. I didn't make it up. Personally, I don't think Run. that Ben read a book. That That's... <laughs> I did. Yep. I did. I can't Amazing. guarantee that's going to be in the show notes, but we'll, we'll, I know. Whatever. I'm kind of hoping this is all going to be edited out. It's yeah. one of the best of the five books I've ever read. Wow. So put it in the show notes. No Same. one got stalked and killed by a polar bear. Science. Done. Done. You don't know that. Wow. I do. I Everyone could... who came left. Done. Right. That, that's why I'm. That's why I'm scared to go on the next one because it's like, well, everybody came back from this one. Oh, I thought you were going to say. I I grew up playing baseball. We're we're like superstitious people. Like I'm like, oh, I don't think everyone's going to come back from every one. I don't want to be on the one. The, I, and we I lost Brian. The, Brian slept. I think one of the take homes too for Baffin that people should know is that like, if you prepare yourself for like the extremes of being in Baffin and you decide that, you know, this is not the place to get, uh, I remember we had a, we had a meeting, you know, before any of the jumps took place and we were kind of like, this is not the place to get rad footage. Like the footage is going to be rad because you're jumping in Baffin. Like this is not the place to, to cut it extra close and try to, you know, do, do the, the raddest proximity flight you've ever been. Like, you know, that's, and that's what Baffin is. If you can, you can go up there and jump extremely safely. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys that have been up there multiple times and, you know, the, the jumps themselves are not technical. They are not, you know, bad stuff they are giant ass rock drops and you can track everything in a two-piece comfortably like it's it's not the, the jumps are not what's gnarly it's just everything else the entire environment and i yeah. and i think charlie like that conversation came out of the experience of base jumpers who were on that trip and not the organizer 
which for me was really interesting. Do you know what I mean? Like we were lucky enough to have people on that trip who had been to Baffin before. Who yeah, um, you know, and I think I think as far as that goes, that should probably get better moving forward. Now there's been more people up there because that, that's the thing about you know we had you know supposedly a a base Baffin expert kind of on the on the trip, or I don't know if it was even sold as that, but it's there's not a lot of people that are experts in Baffin just because there's not a lot of people that have been to Baffin. I mean, we had, we had uh, the opportunity to have, you know, some guys that had been there before that, you know, led everything and, and guys like Simon who had never been there before, but have so much experience in the mountains uh, that, you know, he could felt very comfortable going up and, and, you know, being the first load up there to find exits and, and kind of set everything up to make it safe for, for a lot of other guys. So, you know, that's, yeah, I agreed. think that'll just get better and better moving forward. And, you know, the, the fact that it sounds like John kind of, wants to make this a regular thing or a semi-regular thing is, is a cool idea. You know, uh, there it's worth, it's worth going to Baffin if you get the chance, but I mean, you just gotta, it, it's not, it's not going to the Swiss Valley for a week and, and pounding out jumps. Like that's not, it's not how it's going to go. And you could go up there. It's kind of like Norway in a way, but like a million times more extreme where you could go and sit up in the weather and get zero jumps in and be there for two weeks or even a month and not get a single jump in. That's possible. I mean, that, that I kind of knew that was a, a possibility when we went up there too, that we could do zero jumps. Um, we got, you know, uh, some in for sure. And that was, they're amazing jumps. I mean, they're worth going up there for just a handful of jumps for sure. I, I don't know if anybody at the end of the trip was sitting there saying like, oh, this trip sucked. We shouldn't have come. We only got like four jumps, three jumps kind of thing. I, I don't know if anyone, I hear that. I, I don't know if I heard that even one time. No, I don't think so. I think we had such Concur. a great, we had such a great group. And and just being there was such an experience. And I think pushed people to limits that they were exploring. That even though we didn't do so many jumps, it was a great trip. Obviously, yeah. I, if we had you know more days of heli, we all would have been super psyched. Um, but and yeah. and maybe in a way that's what kind of kept it safer too. That we that we had to focus on just a few jumps, and we didn't have you know unlimited exploration because you know base jumpers and downtime is never never a good thing and, and base jumpers and unlimited jumpings can can lead to some stupid shit too right when, when do jumpers get hurt on weather days you know it's, yeah, like, it's kind of scary we channeled our energy into building the most amazing igloo ever yeah i mean even I, the inuit were impressed that we built an I igloo took, that fit I took 20 no people I took no part in igloo building and take no credit from it and kind of, you know, I never, I never rooted against the igloo. I was always very extremely pro igloo, but I had my doubts <laughs> if it was ever going to, going to get finished. And it was amazing. Uh, I, I give full credit to the igloo construction crew. It was unreal. I mean, absolutely. It was, made, it was but I mean, trip. it wouldn't have happened if we didn't have so many down days because of weather, but when oh, the no, weather sure. actually came in, like the, the forecast, like 80 mile an hour winds of zero, whatever wind chill, how happy were we to have an igloo that fit 20 people? And even the Inuit were like, wow, like for white people, this is amazing. Yeah. And nobody, nobody builds an igloo in April. Yeah, <laughs> people, no, it was, people build it igloos rad. in like November, not April. This is ridiculous. They had, they really didn't think that that igloo was going to happen. And the only reason that it happened was because of Rob Perry, honestly. Oh yeah, no, that he, man he was, the, was on a mission and he organized everybody else and made it happen, and it happened, and it was rad. If if Rob is listening to this right now, I hope he gets some sleep 
and it's always 4.30 someplace. <laughs> In an ideal world? <laughs> no, I, was, I mean, I really do think that the thing that when you went back to saying, you know, would I go back? I, I would, you know, I would definitely go back, but just the crew that we had and, and the fact that, I mean, people on this trip were waiting for this trip to happen for 20 years. I mean, there was guys that were, this was the dream trip and this was the only, you know, not everyone's going to go to Baffin for a month and hike and camp. You know, the, this was probably about the cushiest way that a Baffin trip was ever going to happen. And, and there was a lot of people that were kind of waiting for that to happen to get their chance to go up and into this dream place. So, I mean, the fact that there was 21 people, who all have, you know, we're all base jumpers. We all have egos. We all have, you know, different different life experiences, and we're from all over the world. The fact that everyone got along so well, and there wasn't just even a hint of of, of ego or dissension among the ranks, you know, that's that's so rare when you cram all those people into a tiny little place with no other outlet. You know, so so that's so valuable. That's so valuable. And a, so and a mess valuable. tent that doesn't yeah. fit everybody. So there were like rounds of people coming through for for food, like. All right, you 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 have your food, and then you like kind of clean off your bowl and your spoon, and you hand it off to the next person who's coming through because not you know not twenty one people can fit in the yeah. mess yeah, tent. But like, we're, we're eat talking your food and get the fuck out. Less than ten women have jumped Baffin, and less than one hundred total people have jumped Baffin. Right? I think so. So I mean, it's I'd be I'd be surprised if it was even that close to ten women. How many other? I mean. There was Katie on the on the prior trip, and I'm, I'm sure there was a couple more in, in the past, but I'd say five. No, I, I, I think there's been at least seven from my count. So Julie and I on this trip, there is Katie, Liv, uh, Anna, Isabella, Rebecca went... Uh, Melissa went. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna edit we're gonna edit this part out where I was wrong. About about tenish women and less than ten women. Yep. And how many how many polar bear related deaths? Total. How many <laughs> polar bear related deaths? So much deaths? risk. <laughs> so much risk. Whatever. Screw I'd, you, I'd rather have Screw that. You. How many how many deaths? There's been what one one death two deaths two two, two deaths Baffin, yeah. right? I I oh. think they're at least were they know. jump but they were they jumping or were they like polar bears no no jumps i think <laughs> there were two jump. sorry i was deaths. being facetious yep sorry Boo. well charlie do you have anything else you want to add to uh the cold uh portion of the it was cold it was very cold. <laughs> I, I think i think as much as you can prepare yourself for how cold it's going to be it's going to be goddamn cold it's going like, to be worse you're never going to you're not going to go if you go and spend a weekend up someplace that's cold and like camp out where it's cold at night. Then maybe you have like one percent of of the idea of of like living there all the time and being just cold all the time. And you know when you go take a shit, it's going to be cold. When you, you you know when you go to eat, it's going to be cold. You get in bed, it's going to be really cold. You know, it's just well, and it makes you everything everything takes longer because it's cold. Like you have to think about it. Like I mean having contacts and and my contact solution froze oh that'd be so, horrible yeah yeah no, no i was wearing contacts so as long as they were my eyes they're fine but like if i forgot to put my contact solution kind of on my body before i went to bed it was frozen and blocked and i was just like well fuck it i'm just gonna sleep with my contacts in my eyes it's done yeah, I've, um, I have a total of two two videos from from the trip because uh, for of jumping because the cameras all just died instantly as soon as you turned them on. 
and I got I actually got too scared to use a, a helmet mount after like three people lost their helmet mount cameras. Yeah, on the yeah. snapping that off. GoPro mounts GoPro mounts are not uh, do not adhere very well when it's negative forty out. So I mean, people were just three M three M tape. If you're listening, uh, we got to work on this Arctic shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Arctic and, Arctic and, GoPros and, and put a I don't know a, a leash on it or something right. so you don't lose it if it falls yeah. off the the mount. Um, I don't know. For me, other things for cold were think about gloves, like gloves for jumping. And I, and yeah, I Aaron's really... been chewing the the skin off her fingers for like the last month. Still happening. I, I actually Still gave uh, and, and and one of the things you can do for cold that you can have there. And, and Aaron, I obviously you remember this is um, if wearing even like some latex gloves as the first initial layer to kind of keep that sweat and everything off the other layers, it actually keeps you quite a bit warmer. Uh, even if you have some kind of thin, crappy gloves, it's just going to give that that uh, that kind of windproof layer where you're not going to get wind directly on the skin of your of your hands, and just always have that little barrier there. So when Aaron's oh, hands were like freezing yeah. freezing off her body, that's one of the things we were going to try until she found some some warmer gloves. Well, and I also realized that um, one of my kind of defense mechanisms for my freezing hands was blowing into them, but I was basically blowing, you know, humid air, yeah. moisture air into my gloves, which then got cold. So it, it felt good for a moment, and then it just made it worse because then that just got cold and, and made my gloves colder. If you, if you need to warm up your hands, crotch and armpit. That's yeah, the That's the two... Two most ideal places with you know big blood vessels close to the surface and nice warm areas to kind and, of warm stuff up. So and and where you would check a priapism, that's where I generally put my hands when I'm cold. Right, like no, you know right that. down Randy, in there. Why do you always right down in there? That's you, just, that. you just want to talk about balls all the time. Right. In summary, yes. cut the balls, eye contact. Cut the balls. You, you can put your hands between your legs or up under your armpits. It's a multifaceted move. Yeah. You can. Uh, so. Uh, Charlie, before we finish, uh, Aaron, Lisa, or Ben, do you, do you guys have anything to before we close out? Charlie, I'm sorry for I'm sorry for waking you up earlier. Right, yeah, what a dick move! I, I thought <laughs> I was calling my wife and did not realize I called you until your voicemail it's came. Calling mistake happens happens all the time. Hey, People always yeah. trying to call their wives. Timing podcasts with friends that are on the other side of the world is challenging. So it's getting hold of my wife and I'm calling Charlie. So Charlie, for me, the only other end of this loop is for you and I to be in a van together. Really? And yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And we'll it, to send a picture to Ben. To Ben. We'll make it happen. Yeah, we'll we'll get the 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 final final leg of that. Yeah. Who, who's yeah. showing their bum? Well, that was ben, that, I, that I was never part of anything until Ben. Until that ben was Ben's made thing. It. But he ben made it part of a thing, so no. now it's the thing. It's part of it. Ben, I haven't crashed my drone yet. Hey. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, Ben did that. All right, Lisa, you got anything? Uh, well, I actually, I, this is a really nice surprise to have Doctor Charlie on the phone because I didn't even know we were doing a podcast tonight until we all came back to my house and did a podcast. So it's nice to talk to you, Charlie. <laughs> it's always good, always good to talk to you, Lisa. But you'll be here soon, right? Uh, yeah, my we have we have a wedding in Chamonix in, in August at uh, the first week of August, and I'm thinking I'm going to stay about a week after that. So I'll be around nice. kind of the, the first the first full week of August playing around and uh, and tracking tracking off stuff. Oh, wow. hit us up! Awesome. Well, Yay. you, should, you hey. should come to the valley, and we'll do milk stool because that's yeah. our new favorite jump to do on Saturday mornings, and you can no, totally track that. 
Oh yeah, no, I, I can't that. track milk stool, but after having but barely winks it, it's right. someone, with, but, well, someone with talent can. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and and um. we'll be fit by then. It won't take us four right? hours. For right. sure. But I, I'd be no, willing be. to take my two piece to some other exit with you, Charlie, or or uh, you know take my wingsuit there to milk stool. But uh, uh so Brian, we'll up, we can always go up and do black line too. Mm, I'll follow you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Randy, Honestly. don't worry, because Charlie will be there to cut your balls. Cut my balls. Priapism. <laughs> Check me for a priapism when I'm, like, stuck on a ledge like exactly. with three meters of, like, nothing. Exactly. Hey, I'm I'm putting this into action. Seriously. If somebody looks like they're coming in a bit hot, I'm going to be racing over there and cupping the balls. Do yep. it. Yep. Yep. Gary, right. always keep totally one, one, up, latex, one latex glove on you at all times, just in case. Perfect. Awesome. Safety it's first. on. Thanks, Charlie. Brian, you got anything? Yeah. Saving lives. <laughs> Nope. Brian's on Carly, Brian's we good. love you. Thank you so much for joining us. Good I'm to talk so, to you guys. I'm brother. so glad you were in Baffin. You were like insurance. You were there, right? so we didn't need you. It was great. Well, I'm I'm happy that I got to go, and you guys didn't have to actually pay for me to go. John John covered it. I was, I, at first, I was like, oh, shit, are they going to be like, hey, Dr. Charlie's coming. Everyone fork up another grand. Like, fuck. <laughs> no, it was, it was rad, and I'm glad that I had a really small part to play in that. Yeah, man. No, no, you all you had a huge part to play in that. Glad so you were there to like for... protect protect my closest friends. That made me really happy. We love you. <laughs> we love you, Charlie. Love you, brother. Look at you when you listen you to all of the other podcasts. We talk a little. Yeah, we, we talk about you. In pretty much everyone. Tell the listeners how do I find this base podcast you speak of? Well, if they're listening right now, then they already know how to find it. But uh, <laughs> that's a good point. We'll, we'll go. <laughs> uh, You're a doctor, pod- right? <laughs> Yeah, base life. It, it, base. As far as as far as anybody knows, I am. I don't. I never got asked for any credentials ever. <laughs> That's a very good right. point. Ben, ben, ben actually actually do that, that right I now. That. How do you like, know I'm just not really good at the internet? He's. <laughs> Exactly what I You're said. You're a good I talker. Do, that's for jump, sure. I do travel and base jump an awful lot for a guy that was in medical school. Didn't you ever think about that? <laughs> I did. He's, he's a, a baker. He's a and, fucking and baker. And you're a good talker. <laughs> anyway, right, someone someone should verify that shit. That's all I have to say. <laughs> love you, Charlie. Uh, not us, See though. You guys. <laughs> I love you, bro. Peace. See you. Good night. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Talk to you later. Well, that was fun. Oh, I love that guy. Oh my god! I've been he was so much fun in Baffin. So glad he came. He's such a dude. So Lisa, yeah. do you have anything to? You want to talk about VBG and some shit before we get off here? Really? Right now? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to wrap this shit up. I gotta piss. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, Randy? Let's wrap this one up. It was awesome. Yeah, yes. I'm in the worst place to sit. For pissing, I know because so. you literally have to climb over yeah. everyone, and, 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 and if I move, balls. like the thing will get unplugged and then we'll lose power. Mm-hmm. Aaron, thank <laughs> you for uh, basically Ta-da! leading it. And this was a base life podcast. Peace, we're out. Co-host. <laughs> All right, if you made it that far, then uh, thank you for listening. Um, hit us up on social medias and let us know what you think.